Hey, everybody, and welcome to today's Ashley and Joe podcast. Um, we appreciate you listening. Um, as always, I think we've got a, a really exciting guest and and one of my my good friends. So, so welcome, and, and I hope you learn a lot today's podcast. I'm joined today by my co-host, Ashley Brown. Ashley. Hey, good morning, everybody. Um, thanks for being on with us again this week. Um, so today we're going to talk about um, more um, details around practice transformation, medication therapy management cases, home delivery services, DIR fees, point of care testing, compounding, Medicare so- plan selection, immunizations. It's really hard to keep everything about it. And payer opportunities are on the rise, causing many community pharmacies to adjust workflows to participate in clinical programs. New opportunities presented can be overwhelming and can either motivate you to make change or can make you hold your head down. Today, we are joined by Cody Clifton, Workflow Innovation Specialist with Flip the Pharmacy and Director of Practice Transformation with CPESN USA. We hope he'll give us his insights on the pharmacies who have been, who've been able to adjust their workflows to meet the emerging opportunities to diversify the payer mix. Hi, Cody. Thanks for joining us today. Ashley and Joe, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Hey, yeah. Always good to talk to you, Cody. Always good to talk to you. And when, when I thought, um, thinking through today's show, I, I, what kept popping in my mind was that Jim Collins book, um, From Good to Great. And if you, if you haven't read it, I, I would highly recommend it. But in that book, he talks about, you know, what makes good companies become great companies? And I think all the time, what, what makes good pharmacies make that leap to be a great pharmacy? And, and you know, can, can a good pharmacy be great? And what he talks about in that book is, is that these companies that, that made the leap from good to great, they made a conscious choice that they wanted to be great. Um, and then they had very disciplined steps on on how they become great on it. And uh, I think he, he gives some really good examples of, of companies and how that happened. And, and I think a lot about what Cody does with CPESN and, and this whole idea of transforming good pharmacies to make them great pharmacies. So I'm excited to, to learn from Cody today and, and hear from Cody today, give us these real world examples of, of pharmacies across the country, how, how they are becoming um, great pharmacies from transforming from, from good to great. So Cody, tell me how you got to become a workflow innovation specialist. Can walk me through that journey of, of how you started and how you got here. Yeah, well, um, thinking back, um, it all started at Moose Pharmacy, um, where I did my residency with Joe and Ashley. Uh, learned a lot of great things from Joe and Ashley and went from a resident to um, a peer very quickly uh, with learning from them on how to implement certain things into workflow and also notating what is financially viable, which is super important in today's marketplace. So from there, um, I've worked at Moose Pharmacy for quite some time, staff pharmacist, worked with clinical services and such. And now I am at Duval Family Drugs. And in in that role, I have learned so much stuff from Moose Pharmacy 
in order to see how we can translate those practices from one pharmacy to another, just like we're doing with Flip the Pharmacy. And so from that, um, it's really cool to see um, back in December when I first started there, um, and that's around the time when Flip the Pharmacy started, I started out with doing a lot of things um, outside of the workflow with getting the medication synchronization process solidified and the technology we use there. And now, um, since we've got all of that under control, um, it's now become very much a, a MedSync process-driven workflow, which allows for a lot more things to take place. And so instead of me um, just being a, a side pharmacist, uh, which is super important too, uh, with working into workflow, all of these different items that Ashley was mentioning early on in the prod, uh, prod, uh, podcast, um, where we're, how do we focus on CMRs, immunizations, delivery, et cetera, while everything else is going on in the pharmacy, I'm now able to take all of that stuff that and services that uh, we implemented back earlier this year and late last year, and I'm currently staffing in the pharmacist to pharmacy about one and a half days a week, and in that role, I'm able to do a lot of the things that uh, we took a step back and made sure we have a good process around with the medication synchronization process. And that's made us um, be the, the best pharmacy that we can be today and, and leverage services that are all around us. And with that, um, so that's my practicing role. Uh, and in the CPSN role, I've had the opportunity to learn from some of the best practitioners in the country. Uh, we've got two here today with us, Joe and Ashley. And so with that opportunity of learning, how do we implement that once again into the pharmacies across the country? So seeing how we can leverage technology, too, is super important in all of this. So working with uh, at least 10 technology solutions partners on how do we implement these things within our workflow and keep it going as smoothly as possible while leveraging um, the care plan documentation along the way. Yeah, thanks for getting, I'll, I'll pay you for all those nice plugs. <laughs> thanks, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I mean, you've seen, you've gone from one community pharmacy pocket on the East Coast now to practicing on the West Coast. And then you're seeing all the work with the community pharmacies all over the country. And you're, you're, um, you're seeing a lot of insights from um, the, the activity that's going on, particularly as you're overseeing the Flip the Pharmacy program as well. And we're hoping because our listeners are probably all over the board in terms of um, where they want to be and where they're looking to achieve. Uh, many are probably very innovative uh, as natures of being listeners to this type of top of topic of podcast, but um, others still want to continue to grow. I'm wondering if you could really share um, with us the, the the good details, if you will, of where the progress has gone from day one of Flip the Pharmacy over a year ago to where the pharmacies have progressed now um, and what we need to know to continue that mindset for growth and, and being able to tackle it all. So yeah, that's a, a lot there. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of good content to break down. <laughs> so uh, going back with the good to great analogy. So across the country, we're hearing in all different practice settings, uh, practice transformation. But what does that actually mean? I think is what we're all trying to figure out. It's kind of like the patient care, uh, the pharmacist patient care process. Like we learned that in school, but what does that mean for us in practice? 
And so with that, to get pharmacies from good to great across the country, uh, CPSN USA has partnered uh, with the Community Pharmacy Foundation to offer Flip the Pharmacy. And this program um, is funded for some pharmacies and, and teams and local networks across the country. But any pharmacy across the country, no matter what setting you're in in the community setting, can follow along with Flip the Pharmacy. And the whole effort is really focusing on pharmacies from going from good pharmacies as they are to being great pharmacies. And what we mean by that is right now, uh, pharmacies are really focusing at a moment in time for the most part. So filling that prescription um, and getting it out the door and providing some services along the way. But how do we expand that to make sure that it's patient level care? So instead of just looking at the prescription we're dispensing, how do we look at the whole patient and to plan uh, that care for the patient over a longitudinal time period. And so that's where Flip the Pharmacy comes into play, where we're focusing on that longitudinal care with the patient and leveraging that appointment-based model. So it's interesting, Ashley, as you had talked about where we have come from, from October of last year in 2019 to today uh, in 2020. So. A lot of the, the things around Flip the Pharmacy were unknown at the time. We knew that this was going to be a practice transformation effort. And what we were doing was leveraging uh, those workflow innovations that pharmacies are doing across the country and breaking it down into bite-sized chunks so that pharmacies can actually implement it and make it meaningful within their practices. And so that's what we've done within Flip the Pharmacy is create change packages each month that can be found on www.flipthepharmacy.com. And with that, we're focusing on certain health conditions with the, with the pharmacies so that they can learn how to care for their patients with not only filling their blood pressure medication, but making sure that we're monitoring that clinical outcome, which is the blood pressure measurement that can be done in the pharmacy from different staff members. So it's incredible from going from uh, little care plan numbers, which is how we're documenting the care that we're providing for our patients in the pharmacy so that there's actual value associated with it and can be shown to payers. And um, from going from almost very little care plans to over 300,000 care plans. So these pharmacies documenting that work that they're providing to these patients in a form that we can market to payers and also help to streamline workflow too. Um, to answer the question about um, specifically a testimonial from a pharmacy, uh, to, to give more of a, a, a personal feel to it than just that overarching view, Jennifer Clayton um, is a pharmacy and pharmacist and pharmacy owner at Clayton Pharmacy Services. And uh, she has a testimonial that's publicly available. And just to highlight on that very quickly, with this practice transformation uh, through Flip the Pharmacy, uh, Jennifer is a CPSN uh, pharmacy there. And uh, she wasn't really sure how she was gonna be able to do Flip the Pharmacy with everything else that she's got going on in the pharmacy. But at month three of implementing this uh, Flip the Pharmacy program within her pharmacy to make sure that their workflow was uh, going as smoothly as possible and leveraging that MedSync process. They now have patients that are asking for one-on-one -on -one interventions, and then they're also showing an active interest in their outcomes. And it was really refreshing for her too, because one of her quotes was that she was no longer 
some pills in a bottle. And how refreshing is that? So we can get so much into the details. We lose uh, sights on why we are the professionals that we are today caring for patients. On a side note, um, she had saw with her DIR fees uh, through a lot of the, the transformation efforts, uh, a 50% decrease as a result of the pharmacy performance where they're focusing on that patient longitudinally versus just on one prescription and additionally increased revenue around vaccinations and MTMs. So, so Cody, that, that's interesting. I want you to, to expand on that a little bit more. So, you know, we hear talking about the patient longitudinally and we hear, um, you know, it's the right thing to do to, to work on outcomes and, and, you know, let that don't focus on the prescription, but focus on the outcome of the patient. But but right now, most of us are still getting paid to fill the prescription fast, accurately, and cheap. So so how do we get from that point, filling prescriptions fast, accurately, and cheap, and doing a good job, to being great and and getting reimbursed for being great? Joe, it really points to the appointment-based model. And I know that uh, can be viewed as an academic term, but what that gets at is the medication synchronization process that you have in your pharmacies. We see that as you have more patients enrolled into your medication synchronization program at your pharmacy, the easier it is for you to control your workflow so that you can focus on those patients over time and not just trying to get the prescriptions out the door. And so we're seeing if you've got 30 to 50% of your patients synchronized at your pharmacy, there you're controlling your workflow more. And then you can focus on other revenue generating services like immunizations, like comprehensive medication reviews that does have uh, funds associated with it. And even uh, tapping into point of care testing too, to make sure that the patient's getting the outcome that they're looking for. So something you said, Cody, really just. Um... I think kind of hit me in a way I, I haven't really thought about it before. And, um, you know, you were talking about um, um, the experience and the testimony of after three months of, um, you know, conducting a routine service, it becomes, you know, very streamlined. And, and um, for at least um, the example you gave, and I think back now to um, the, the multiple experiences where we've had, adjustments of customers or patients coming in to the pharmacy seeking care that they normally would go elsewhere for. So asking for blood, you know, proactively asking for their blood pressures to be measured and um, kind of the, the experience that where in some ways community pharmacies have served to, um, um, you know, really help with monitoring of some of these programs that what the pharmacy has a publicly available kind of outline of how to do it and, and where to jump in and start. And I think too, like what would we have done as community pharmacies had we known that COVID was going to hit the way it hit? And then it makes me think about what would we do differently now if we knew we were about to be paid for a blood pressure monitoring program or an adherence program? You know, it, these, it's right around the corner, right? And, and all of those materials you have available, you've been involved in developing, you, there's community pharmacies that's out there really doing it, that's gone through the growing pain, but are ready for those opportunities. Yeah, it's actually, that's a really good point. It's not easy. It is growing pains when you first start, 
Um, as I think back to my current practice site at Duval Family Drugs, um, it wasn't easy getting us to a, a process where we have 30 to 50 percent of our patients synchronized and a well-run uh, uh, process there. But it made us more prepared um, whenever COVID-19 did come. And, and like you said, um, with those growing pains, it, it gets us to where we need to be in order to offer the, all those other services that they are coming. It's, it's just getting our mindset, mindset ready and our processes down so whenever that time is here, we can offer it. And I think that's one of the challenging things for us as community pharmacists right now is everything is building up on our plates. We're trying to keep the lights on and everything. But how do we transform our practices when when we've got all these other things coming at us? So it is a mindset shift and uh, it really does test your endurance. Yeah, I, I can. uh I can see that, and and I see, you know, I do see the value, like of, of starting immunizations. You know, let's say I'm a pharmacy and we do immunizations, but we kind of we we kind of just wait on somebody walks in and says, "Hey, I need a I need a shingles vaccine," or or, you know, we we wait on flu season and we we run a couple Facebook ads and we put some signs out and and you know we call folks and tell them that we now have flu vaccine, but you know, there's direct money in that. Um, how how would you see somebody transitioning their flu program to, or not their flu program, but their immunization program, again, from, from a good immunization program to a great immunization program? Hey, Cody, before you answer that, I, I'll say, I, I just want to jump in um, and say that that's kind of the life I'm living right now, where I came from a pharmacy who was very used the customer base was used to pharmacies giving or the pharmacy giving immunization to now a, a new store where immunizations have never been given and um it's a really it's a it's a big difference and you're right there's this, this marketing and, and a lot more effort that you have to go into to prepare your customer base that this is even a service now so um so cody whatever advice you're about to give i'm going to write down every word of it <laughs> Well, um, what I see a lot of pharmacies doing and something uh, we are actually about to implement at the pharmacy uh, in Duval, Washington now, is being more proactive about offering immunizations to the patient. So there's, uh, as with COVID-19, there is a huge focus on immunizations. And this is a huge opportunity for pharmacy, not only uh, with a possibility of offering COVID-19 vaccinations within the pharmacy, but how do we make sure these uh, patients are immunized against pneumococcal pneumonia, um, influenza, shingle, uh, shingles. So there's already all kinds of opportunities that we just have to tap into. And the key is being proactive. So one of the things that has worked really well for many pharmacies is, is doing an immunization registry lookup and uh, being proactive and asking the patients um, about their immunization history um, during that MedSync call each month or whenever they're coming in to pick up their medications. And so if you look at the immunization registry and they haven't gotten their uh, pneumococcal series and they're way past due to have started that, that's an opportunity uh, to get reimbursement for something that uh, it's outside of the drugs. And right now with the reimbursement for immunizations being around $25 per immunizations, um, it's a no-brainer to start being very proactive about that. Um, and 
it encourages the patients too, whenever you're asking about the immunization and if you if they come in and you've got the printout of the immunization registry already available, um, you can show them what you found on uh, the state database or however you're able to use that, you view that within your um, state and show them what they're missing um, in order for them to be prepared uh, for what is to come, whether that's um, making sure uh, they are up to date on their pneumonia vaccine so that if they do get COVID-19, it's going to be hopefully uh, a little bit less cumbersome on their body too. So, um, and really important with that is working the technicians into that workflow too. So they could be the ones potentially looking up the immunization registry to see what's due for the patient, um, if there's any gaps, or just printing it off and handing it to the pharmacist when it comes down the line for the verification of that MedSync patient. Yeah, I, I think that that's, that is a good program because, one, it's easy to track uh, your change and see see how it helped you. You can say, okay, we did this many more you know, immunizations this month, and it brought in this much more revenue this month. But, but in a little bit longer uh, arc of trackability with that, uh, I was talking last week or two weeks ago with a, a national payer, and they said that was the number two thing on their list of, of uh, highest interest is pharmacies that could help uh, help their their members uh, uh, that had their insurance increase their immunization rates um, because that was direct uh, direct reimbursement for the payer or for the plan to increase their, their immunization rates. So they were interested in pharmacies that did a really good job of, of getting their patients immunized. Um, so that, that, again, is a little bit longer arc before the payer sees that and comes down and says, hey, you know, we, we want these patients to come to you or we want to we want to have a contract with you where we're paying you, a, you know, per member per month to to provide services for our patients. But but again, it, it's uh, it, it's just, I think, pushing that pharmacy to to a different level. Yeah. yeah Joe, you know uh, Cody, I was just going to mention um, the work that Laura Rhodes did um, several years ago. She, Laura is now a network facilitator with CPESN um, Florida and um, it, it is, um, it ha had some published work around a vaccine screening program. And in that um, work, she has um, a tool that could be utilized. And so for the listeners um, that may be interested in how do you do kind of a complex immunization screening. Um, I encourage you to check out Laura Rose's um, publication in JAFA from March of 2017. She did a really good um, review of that and that her tool is included in that. Um, so if you want to key inside on how to get that going, check that out. And we can put that in the show notes, that, that uh, citation. Yeah, that would be super useful for pharmacies. And the only other thing I would add around immunizations is that I have friends that work for some of the big box stores, and there's a lot of metrics around immunizations, and there's a reason why. It's because there's real dollars associated with immunizations. Um, I, I know with having about $25 of reimbursement for a shot, that's pretty consistent. Um, we don't see that as much consistency when it comes to just uh, regular medications. So uh, that could be something to think about 
for your pharmacy is setting some type of metric or goal rather for your pharmacy to meet each month. So maybe you want to have for the first month a, a lower number and maybe you're just focusing on pneumococcal vaccines and maybe you have a goal of 10 per month. But if that's 10 per month, that's a lot more than what you were probably doing in the past. So, Cody, if you were going to tell us, you know, and again, I, I just, I, I, you have such insight because, you know, when I go to a national convention, I like the programming. I, I go to NCPA every year and, and I, I love the program. But what I go to, what I enjoy or get the most out of also probably aside from the program, is standing out in the hall and talking to these pharmacies who are doing really innovative things and creative things and pharmacies who, who found a way to, to, to take something that we've all been trying to do and translate it into a, a financially workable business model. So, you, you know, at these, at these conventions and meetings, you get the luxury of doing that networking. Well, you know, working with CPS, CPESN, I've had the luxury of, of talking to pharmacies across the nation and being in pharmacies across the nation who are all really high-performing, innovative folks. So I, I, I get the, the, the luxury of seeing inside, uh, you know, the, the minds and the walls of, of great pharmacies and pharmacists. So thinking, and you also do that every day, day in and day out, you're talking with pharmacies from across the nation all day long. Thinking of, of that, can you give us maybe three bullet points for three kind of, hey, here are areas that I would look into if, I, if I'm going to take my pharmacy that's in my community, taking care of my folks that people love and, and make them a great pharmacy or at least point them uh, into that, as we said earlier, that make the conscious choice that I want to change to become great and then start us down, what are the disciplines that I'm going to do to become great? Yeah, um, so I think this really goes back to making sure that you have a good MedSync process so that you can leverage all of these other opportunities that are out there. So um, after you get, you've got a good MedSync process down, um, like I said earlier, that's controlling your own workflow. So it gives you the opportunity to implement more things and to focus on uh, certain aspects that maybe you hadn't had a chance to before. And so after you've gotten your appointment-based model or MedSync process down and have 30 to 50% of your patients synchronized, then look to see how you can work in immunizations. How can you um, work in the comprehensive medication reviews through the outcomes platform, or maybe it's the the small, smaller interventions that are targeted. And instead of maybe the technician calling that patient, you're talking with the patient um, about their medications that month and doing a quick med rec with them and addressing any concerns. So that way uh, it's going naturally with the, the workflow that you already have set up. And once you uh, have leveraged some of those other opportunities uh, out there, uh, such as maximizing your immunizations and comprehensive medication reviews, which when you get those completed, uh, that does affect your star ratings and your DIR fees. And so uh, that has uh, been proven by Jennifer to help whenever you've got that streamlined and have the uh, opportunity to really focus on that. 
then you can offer point of care testing um, or get a collaborative drug therapy agreement in place. And I know many of those opportunities currently are cash paying. But with that, um, like at the pharmacy um, that I'm at, we're making sure that we have strep and flu procedures for testing in place and making sure that we have a prescriber uh, on board for signing off on uh, what we're providing the patients based on protocols and then offering uh, other services like birth control um, uh, prescribing within the pharmacy if that's something that you can do in, in your local network or your local state. So there's all kinds of opportunities to leverage what's already existing so that we're making sure uh, that we're creating other opportunities for what's coming down the line. Yeah, th those are great, great kind of uh, sort of you, you gave us some marching orders. Um, you kind of put it in order of the way we, we probably ought to be thinking about transforming our pharmacy, medicine, immunization, CMR, TIPS, point of care testing. Um, the, I, I think that was a, a, a really good, a really good synopsis of, of how we transform our practice from good to great. Uh, Cody, I'm, I've I always loved talking to you, and I wish we had had more time to to spend together. We we miss you over here on the right coast, um, and welcome you back at any time. Likewise, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, Cody, again, thanks for being on. Thanks to our listeners who have been tuning in to the CPSN USA Saturday, Saturday podcast series. We we appreciate that. And also for the listeners, um, if you want to see any of um, the change packages that have been developed from um, Cody and his um, Flip the Pharmacy team, as well as the participating pharmacies that have weighed in on that, um, you can um, access those on, at flipthepharmacy.com. You can get started today, whether you're part of Flip the Pharmacy or not. Um, it's vital that, um, that we all as community pharmacies continue to take our pharmacies from good to great. So um, thanks, everybody, for joining on, and we look forward to speaking with you soon. Thanks for having me, Joe and Ashley. The CPESN podcast is brought to you by Thrive Pharmacy Transformations. Production assistance is given by Mike Denninger and Suzanne Feeney. For more information, visit us online at cpesn.com and tptransformations.com. <laughs>